This is the RL Fakres Cloud Fizzle. I'm your host, Chad, in Clad in a Flash. We're going to get into the roundup of topics for today, starting with the leading latest. Today's theme is attitude and aptitude. I'm going to dive into a quote later. For now, I want you to stop. Close your eyes. Take a second to listen to a couple of words. Destitute. Despair. Crazy. Mental illness. Habit. Addiction. If I had to bet on it, I would guess that most people think of these words synonymously with homeless. Homelessness is nothing to joke about, and for many, it is a part of a dilemma that keeps them anchored down. That is the reason that this man, veteran Stefan de Armand's homeless to successful businessman story, is all the more impressive. I want you to just let that soak in for a moment. Stefan went from living in the street to creating culinary magic in a kitchen. Here is a man that went from hardship in South Carolina to cooking cuisine as a co-owner of an eatery. The fortitude that it takes to get to that point is unfathomable. Being homeless is rough, and it exposes a person to the ugliest sides of humanity. Stefan was a retired veteran that moved back home from Puerto Rico. Stefan was living off his retirement money in South Carolina, helping his parents when Stefan fell into homeless. Not only does a person have to keep a level of mental toughness, a person must keep their spirits high to get out of that type of situation. And boy, is it tough to do. Society can have a way of disregarding a person as human. A person can easily be discarded like a defective product in a factory. So to rebound, it requires the right attitude. Having the aptitude, the know-how is not enough. It takes a person to extract that special kind of stuff within them. In another headline, over in Woodbridge, New Jersey, police officer Kari Manzini responded to a 911 call from a teenage boy with autism to find a teddy bear. Officer Manzini responded professionally and handled the situation with tact. Two feel-good stories. These are the feel-good stories that remind us of what is good in the world. I can only say bravo to both men. I couldn't be any prouder. Bravo. It's always nice to have some action like this in the world. Sometimes it feels like too often that the media is convoluted with violent images of these men or these men are depicted taking part in unsavory activities. These types of stories are a breath of fresh air, and I am grateful for both of these men. Whoop, 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 whoop. Now imagine your parents are jumping in the air, high-fiving as if it were a 1980s or 90s comedy. Typically not strange behavior when the last child leaves the coop. It's a sad but celebratory moment for most parents. They were able to get their child through 18 years. Most parents will drive their child to college and drop them off. Others drive their child to the airport to send them off to college. It is a customary tradition in the United States. Most parents would also do anything for their child as well. But when does anything go too far for parents? Now, I'm not talking about killing on behalf of one's child. At least I hope not. Don't any of you parents out there go get any wise ideas. That would be just a tad extreme. By now, I'm sure everyone's heard the news about the Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin college admission scam and subsequent arrests. News that must have shaken up some of the celebs in Hollywood. 
So if you have been under a rock, here's the recap. So we had Lori Laughlin allegedly agreeing to pay bribes totaling $500,000 in exchange for having her two daughters appointed as recruits to the USC crew team. Felicity Huffman allegedly donated a contribution of $15,000 for her daughter to participate in the college entrance exam. It was a cheating scheme to help her daughter gain admission. Felicity Huffman was reported as being arrested at gunpoint by FBI agents at her Los Angeles home. Lori Laughlin has lost all the production projects she had in development. My initial thought was that of Loki in that scene in Thor Ragnarok. You know that scene where Loki blurts out, that's how it feels as Hulk slams Thor around like a ragdoll side to side. I was like, yes, Felicity, that is exactly how they arrest Black Bit. Yes, that is how it feels. Uh, I'm sorry. Y'all forgive me. That's a joke. Practically wrote itself. So where does that leave us? The public. I could sit here and place blame. I could judge both women as parents, but I can't help but think what I would do in that position. I can't say that I would do the right thing, but I know that's tough for parents. My father has always had high hopes for me and disappointments when I have screwed up. Dad always looked at me like, man, son, how did you make a mistake like that? I tried to tell you about this before you got here. My father has always had that disposition each time I have made a mistake. Now magnify that with money and influence in society. That is how I see this situation here. These two women, who in all likelihood are not the first two people to bribe officials on behalf of their children. We once had George W. Bush as the president. Let me repeat, George W. Bush as president from 2001 to 2009. We can literally put together an interview clip reel of George W. Bush and mistake it for SNL satire. Sorry, Bush family, but come on, look at the different celebrities and wealthy people throughout the years. Now, I'm not pointing a finger or making any accusations. Let's make that clear right now. But come on, there are some people throughout the years where we have to wonder, how did that person get there? They had parents with money and influence. That is quite simple math, folks. Yet, these women got caught. So you do the crime, you do the time. It is that simple. Not to be bullish, but it is that simple. The daughters should feel bad right now, man. Sure, they are young, but they should feel guilty. Their mothers sacrificed their careers, not in a good way, but still. Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin are most culpable if they are guilty. These were bad decisions they both made should these allegations stand. Again, the theme of the day, as Zig Ziglar once said, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. So basically, all these girls needed to have was the desire to achieve. They would not have needed their mothers to cheat their way into school. Should these allegations stand, it's not like Lori and Felicity were trying to get their daughters into Harvard. It's clear these girls may have been spoiled, so they may just expect life to be handed to them. The parents can only point the fingers at themselves. What a hell of a consequence. But bad decisions lead to bad results. Now a price has to be paid. Wham, boom, pow, kaboom, and throw in a na 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 and you might just have that 60s Batman show with Adam West. Those film techniques might be laughable now, but in its heyday, it was cutting edge. Then in the 90s, Michael Keaton came along to don the Batman suit to play the popular Cape Crusader. Today, there's a small consensus that would still choose that movie as the best Batman movie of all time. Superhero movies regularly come up lemons on the silver screen. Female-led superhero movies, even worse. Catwoman, anyone? You guys remember when Halle Berry was Catwoman to Sharon Stone's villain-slash-antagonist? 
It was like Halle Berry's personification of the character was caught between being way too sexual and still trying to be a badass, right? It was like writers and movie makers didn't know how to produce the right female heroine lead. To me, the most appalling part about this development at the time was the befuddlement. We had several movies where there were several female superhero supporting characters. Even Halle Berry's Storm was much better than her Catwoman. So it was like this phenomenon. Hollywood didn't know how to create the perfect female lead superhero. But then came Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. Gal portrayed a beautiful, powerful, yet credible female lead protagonist. It was what superhero movie fans had been waiting for. I know, I love the adaptation of Wonder Woman. So a couple of weeks ago, Captain Marvel finally hit theaters after a couple of years of its rumored production. I've seen a couple of YouTube critics trash the film, but what could they have to complain about? I mean, I thought Brie Larson was amazing. IMDb rates the movie a 7.2 out of 10, so not as high as some of its Marvel Studio predecessors. If uh, Ebert and Roger were still around, they would have to give this movie two thumbs up. The story may not be what some people are expecting as far as the antagonist is concerned, or maybe it doesn't develop with a backstory that some people might expect. I think this is one of Marvel's comic book heroes that has a multiple origin stories. This is one of those heroes where the comic creators didn't have the most adaptable film characters. There are several iterations of Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel in the comics, but I would vouch and say go see this movie. Okay, so the big screen is great theater, right? It is the big show. It's an event. Television slash streaming is the parade of entertainment to distract us between time. There are a few shows that are worth the look, if you ask me. Just a couch potato enthusiast for the right show. Now, there are some shows I may not list because I probably haven't seen it, if it's any good. There's only so much time in the day, right? But you can't go wrong with any quality program. Of course, have you seen uh, Stranger Things, Killing Eve, True Detective, The Umbrella Academy, Santa Clarita Diet, and several more? There are several shows that would qualify as worth the watch. These networks and streaming giants are doing a good job in the quality department with some of their hits. Right now, I want to focus on A Million Little Things, rated a 7.9 out of 10 by IMDb. TV.com rates the show a 6.9 out of 10. The synopsis reads as such. It has been said that friendship isn't one big thing, it's a million little things. That is certainly true for a group of friends from Boston who bonded under unexpected circumstances but have achieved success. Others are struggling in their careers and relationships, but all of them feel stuck in life. After one of them dies unexpectedly, it's just the wake-up call the others need to finally start living. Along the way, they discover that friends may be the one thing that can save them from themselves. I don't think those ratings or the blurb does the show justice. It's like having a good book, reading the jacket, and still not getting the full picture of how good the book is. This show is commitment, heartbreak, passion, mystery, and it is a journey. It unveils aspects of the lives of the characters in their journey, separate from each other. I think it's a reflection of our lives. Each of us could find a way to relate to the story. These individuals are on a journey that some of you out there may be experiencing now. But the main takeaway for me is value. How do we value friendship, life, jobs, etc.? How do we respect the now by living through it enough to enjoy it? And this show, my friends, is worth the look.
Continuing with today's theme, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Here are some songs about attitude. I'm in boss mode, so don't cross roads. How can you be a boss if you ain't lost loads? I will say this. The beat is good, rhythmic. One thing to mention is that uh, these rappers are UK rappers, so they have that accent. So if you're American, for some, that can make the rhymes and style of it sound weird. The next song, an unheard artist by the name of Snotty Nose Res Kids, recently released a song called Creator Made an Animal. It should make your morning wake-up workout playlist. The next song, Minivan by DaBaby and Blockboy JB. The lyrics are not the best. The content of the song is not for everyone, but their melody has what you need if you need your dose of hype or energy for the day. But it's almost summer. Speaking of summer, how about Summer Walkers, Riot? If you're about to break up, you don't need hype, you need love and heartbreak. Add Riot to your playlist. Or maybe you need something different, a different type of tempo. You might need Billie Eilish, Bury a Friend. The tempo and the cadence is really cool in this song. If neo-soul rap is more your taste, give Song 31 by No Name a listen. That might be where your attitude is today. Doop, doop, da doop, doop. Time for the plug. The namesake of this podcast, R.L. Fakre, debuted his first novel on February 11th of this year. The novel is called Last Shelf, a love story when an unprompted stop in a subtle bookstore turns into a fortuitous meeting with an enigmatic girl. Theo, accompanied by his best friend Marco, find a new hangout spot hoping to elicit deja vu. The book is available on Amazon, priced at nearly next to nothing. This is the first version release. In the next several months, R.L. Fakre is going to review the book and revise to release an updated version. The next project that R.L. Fakre is working on is his YouTube show called In the Words of R.L. The show will be an animated short story carousel told through different presenters. The next book R.L. is working on is a horror story. All right, be on the lookout. So we have this guy, Aaron Savage, in Temple, Texas, back in January, who released a press brief called Suspected Human Trafficker, Child Predator May Be in Our Area. Shared over 800,000 times on Facebook, Aaron works for KTEM News Radio 14, where he updates the social media sites with news briefs. What is crazy is that the original news brief about the same crime on a partner network was already published. That news brief was not garnering attention. Savage rewrote the headline in an attempt to get more attention to the story. The intention was not for clickbait purposes, but to get attention because of the serious nature of the crime. All according to Savage himself. The story at the time got more attention than headlines about the government shutdown and Luke Perry's death. The news brief was only 119 words long, and it can be found on Slate.com. The article is by contributor Will Oramus. The title of the article is How a 119-Word Local Crime Brief Became Facebook's Most Shared Story of 2019. Imagine that. It's the equivalent to a certain type of lotto-winning story. You know the type, the trucker that just stops over at the truck stop. The person never buys a lotto ticket, but the one time they do, they win big. There are so many social media influencers that would love to garner this much attention online. Not Savage or anyone else can explain the exposure. You can call it a run of good luck. Let me try something here. An aspiring author booms on sales. Okay, let's see if that goes viral, folks. Sound the bells! Duke has fallen! I repeat, folks, Duke has fallen. Duke lost 68-67 to to Michigan State University in the men's NCAA basketball tournament. 
North Carolina was already upset less than a week ago. The Lakers decided to shut down LeBron for the rest of the season. Odell Beckham Jr. will play for the Cleveland Browns, and Antonio Brown will be playing for the Oakland Raiders. Bryce Harper's playing for the Philadelphia Phillies, but could the biggest shock of all be about LeBron James? In today's Sports Chinwag, I'm going to talk about the breaking of a streak, the LeBron streak. LeBron making the playoffs is normally just about as consistent as the sun rising in the morning. What does it all mean for the landscape of sports? I'll tell you what it means, folks. We are witnessing the changing of the guard in sports. There's going to be a new era ushering its way into our sports world. Every so often, there is a changing of the guard process that happens in sports. The NFL went from the Elways and Marinos to the Bradys and Mannings. Jordan passed the torch to Kobe, then on to LeBron. But now in my beloved sport of basketball, who does LeBron pass that torch to? Who is that next megastar in the NBA? Is it Giannis? Is it Kawhi? Anthony Davis? Or one of the other all-stars? Could it be Zion Williamson? Because we all know that kid is one and done. Well, I'll tell you who I hope picks up that torch. My heart wants either Buddy Heald, shooting guard for the Sacramento Kings, Donovan Mitchell, a point guard for the Utah Jazz, or Devin Booker, a point guard for the Phoenix Suns, to take the mantle. These guys are all great, young, up-and-coming scorers. They all should be listed as shooting guards. They all have an attacking, scoring-type style. Yet Russell Westbrook has played his entire career as a so-called point guard. LeBron is near the end, folks, so I guess only time will tell. It's time for the quote of the day. Let's examine it. Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Coined by Zig Ziglar. I love this quote. But what does it mean? I guess one could consider this quote as self-explanatory. There is nothing that should need explanation. This quote is very plainly said. I love this quote. Many times we can consider knowledge and the way we keep our disposition or how we feel separate. We can have so much knowledge as people. We can be some of the smarter people on the planet, but it is the way we allow ourselves to view the world and feel about the world that fuels our journey. That is why I love this quote, and I wanted to share that. I hope you allow your attitude, not just your aptitude, take you to a higher altitude. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is R.L. Fockray's Cloud Fizzle. I'm Chad and Clad.